Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Carrie and I are so excited to see you. Well, kind of. And to be back. Um, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way. Right, Carrie? Yeah. I mean, uh, July is usually the month when we take a vacation, but usually we have enough podcasts sort of stockpiled <laughs> that that's not a problem. Um, we thought we had more stockpiled than we did, obviously. Um, and then I didn't come back from break as early as planned because um, I was traveling with my mother and my mother got covid and then got COVID pneumonia and I was the only one with her. So I didn't have a lot of bandwidth to record podcasts. So sorry guys, um, in rural Minnesota and rural Wisconsin, there is not good bandwidth as far as the internet. And also <laughs> I had none as far as my brain, <laughs> Because I was, you know, uh, what? That, that's okay. Because, you know, one of the things, regardless of your business or your industry, as a female entrepreneur, we have to remember that family comes first. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Carrie and I are cousins. And so, you know, the fact that my aunt and my cousin needed some space that was okay and you know we are a family full of entrepreneurs and so uh, I am glad that as business partners we were able to communicate and it was okay I could have and thought about doing a couple episodes by myself I even had some great folks I'll, I'll do a, a shout out to Heather who gave me some great ideas and you know what I just didn't get it done I'll just be honest <laughs> Well, you oh, had a little bit of life happening too um, there the last week or so. So, you know, it happens. And I hope you guys will show us a little bit of grace. Um, and uh, we're going to get back to it. And today we want to talk about having an annual training plan. I think we've brought this up before, but I don't know that we've really explained how to do it and also why to do it. Why should you have a center-wide annual, <laughs> annual training plan? <laughs> annual training plan. Um, like what's the purpose behind it? Like Kate, why do we keep, why do you think that's important for people? So like most things, I always like to use the analogy of going someplace or having a map. And just like our July got away from us, it is so easy as directors to let things kind of get away. And if you at least take a couple of hours at the beginning of your school year, or maybe even during the summer, it could be in January, and plan out what you think your staff need to know, because we know there are some required minimums that you know licensing says all staff must have. Right. I am sure there are things related to your curriculum or maybe just issues with parents, kids, teachers, maybe some sort of new gadget or gizmo. There's always something to be training your staff on. And if nothing else, it at least gives you the plan of where you wanted to go. 
Doesn't mean that you may not be off kilter. It may not mean that you forgot to sharpen your pencil, (laughs) but at least you had a place and you were going somewhere and you didn't let an entire month, two months, six months get away from you and your staff had no training because now it's going to be hard. It's going to be expensive. Your staff are going to be overwhelmed. You have other things to do. Um, it's about respecting your time, your staff time, and, you know, get their input. Absolutely. And I think another big part of it um, is a budget perspective. <laughs> um, you want to spread those um, training hours out over the year, as opposed to, you know, you hired a whole bunch of people last year in August. Now you're almost at their anniversary date and you're like, um, none of these people have any training and I hired them, you know, various days in August. And now I got to get all of them. their 24 hours. If you're in Texas, different number of hours in different States, but I've got to get all of that done right now and their first aid and CPR. So if okay, you've so got, I, oh, wait, wait, wait. I got a question. What? I got a monkey question. Is this my monkey or their monkey? Like, why am I doing their staff training? Well, it's a little, it's a shared monkey. You know, you guys are co-parenting that monkey. (laughs) So they have to have the training in order to stay employed, but you need them to get the training so that you have employees. (laughs) That is just a little bit of a shared thing. And we, as the leaders of the organization, have places that we want to take the program. We want to grow and develop the staff. They don't know necessarily where they could grow, what they could develop in. We're supposed to know a lot about what's going on in child development research and um, what's going on in the market. And so we get to share that knowledge with our staff. Um, so okay, but now, so now wait a minute. I got another question. <laughs> <laughs> what if I'm new? I mean, I've been a director. I'm listening to y'all. And, um, and and this is another shout out to a class I did for you over the course of a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, because she was just awesome. She had listened to like 40, some of our podcasts. And every time I tried to tell a story, she'd be like, oh, you talked about that on a podcast. So, um, so this is for her and <laughs> so we're going to see how long it takes her to get back to me. And, um, <laughs> So if you're new and you are just being promoted from teacher to director or brand new opening your center. Yeah. So how am I supposed to, where am I supposed to get this knowledge? How do I know what I need to be teaching them? Well, you're not going to know everything. And even if you've been in the industry for mm -mm, a number of years, (laughs) you're not going to know everything and you're going to want to have outside trainers come in, or you're going to want to go to conferences. Um, So that your staff, sometimes you sort of sound like um, the teacher in Peanuts, as far as your staff is concerned, and they've tuned you out. And so you need to have somebody else come in. So I think it's a great idea from a budget perspective to one time a year, schedule the staff to go somewhere to get some training. Um, And if you're um, a CCS provider so you can get training from your local workforce board or whoever is in charge of the child care block grant in your area and you can get some training for free um that's great or maybe you go to a conference 
but you need to put some times in the calendar when that's going to happen. And then you also need to bring some outside people into your center once or twice a year so that the things that you keep telling your staff they need to do and they're not doing, they can hear from someone else in a different way. And then they're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Where, you know, if I, as the director, have been telling my staff, um, stop using the words stop, stop, no, and don't. Okay. So as a director, we've been talking to the staff about using positive guidance and avoiding those three words and they don't get it. And then you have an outside trainer come in like Kate and you have Kate come in and Kate spends the first 10 to 15 minutes of the training telling everybody to stop doing things and to don't do things and to know. And then all of a sudden they sort of feel the emotions of what does it mean if you're constantly being told what not to do? And it gives them a different perspective on it. And you can't get away with that as the director because (laughs) you can't irritate the snot out of your staff and expect them to work for you the next day. (laughs) But if you bring an outside trainer in and they have to have some hard truths, bring an outside trainer in and have them do that. Or sometimes it's also um, to refresh the knowledge. So if you're a brand new director and you don't know what to train your staff on, start with what it says in minimum standards. They need hours every year in child development. They need hours every year in guidance. They need hours every year in health and safety and disease prevention and and a whole bunch of other things. So figure out what do you feel comfortable presenting about? If you don't feel comfortable presenting about anything, then don't. Uh, (laughs) hire people in, send your people out to conferences or to trainings uh, by local trainers. And then, you know, you can do other stuff as online training, right? You don't have to do any of the training yourself, but you have to have a plan for how your staff can get the training. And I agree with Kate. Um, It should not be (laughs) entirely the director's monkey The director needs to check or another member of administrative staff needs to check at least once a quarter to make sure that everybody has gotten some new training hours. But other than the, I'm going to hire somebody to come in these two times a year and we're going to go out this once or twice a year, the rest of the training, the staff should be figuring, should be selecting their own for their own personal growth. You just need to make it available. Am I... Right. So one of the things that I found really helpful, and it's part of the reason if you've taken our director course, it's one of the homework assignments, is to get you thinking about that from the beginning. And one of the things that I've always liked is staff meetings. And there's no reason that staff meetings can't include a training component. It doesn't mean that the twice a year when a lot of programs will get ready for back to school. So in other words, there might be a teacher work day. You know, again, those teacher work days, a lot of times there is a trainer that comes in, but the trainer may only do two hours or something. But if you've got staff there all day, if they're working in their classroom, they're developing curriculum, they're working with manipulatives, coming up with new and creative curriculum ideas, and they're collaborating, that's also training. 
So training doesn't also have to look like some, it doesn't have to look like the teacher from um, Charlie Brown, right? It doesn't have to look like a person in the front of a classroom talking at your staff. You can give your staff some tools. You can have them come back and tell you how those tools worked. Um, maybe you want everybody, you want to challenge people to do process-centered art instead of project-centered art. And so you have a couple of staff in each age go research that for their age group and then they teach each other. Absolutely. And then they come back and share it with each other as a way to reflect and basically assess. So just remember that there's all kinds of great ways. And if you haven't listened to some of our early episodes during COVID, we had some great resources from TED Talks to how to do a book club, uh, how and why to do book clubs. I mean, we had some great ways for staff to come up with uh, training hours during COVID. Yeah, and if you go back to episodes 83 and 84, that's the last time we really talked about this a whole lot. We've talked about it, you know, at other times earlier. Um, but, you know, and, and we've talked about in episode 72, choosing a trainer. But in this time, we're like, let's go back to the very basics why should you have a staff training plan? <laughs> and, and there's also things that are, are make sense to have at certain times of the year. So you know that staff have to do um, emergency awareness. Um, yeah, what are those things called? Fire drills and stuff like that. So yep. wrapping those around those seasons, right? So if you happen to be in Oklahoma, there is tornado season. If you are in Florida, there is hurricane season. So, you know, do some training during those time periods and include how to do those safety drills. Again, put that on your calendar for those months. It doesn't have to be a specific month, but maybe for you it does. If you're going to, if you're a faith-based program and I'm going to throw Carrie out there as a resource and you're doing a faith-based program and you're going to do a, um, some um, art projects um, around any holy day, you know, are you really teaching the kids what you want them to learn? And I'm not going to give examples because, well, <laughs> that's stealing Carrie's thunder. But let me just tell you, even as an adult, <laughs> think about the the Bible stories our pastors teach us on, you know, when we are sitting there on a, on a weekend. And all of a sudden we're thinking... I wonder if they meant a real cave. Was that a really a cross? And here we are as adults struggling with some of that. So, you know, just remember to be age appropriate. Yep. So anyway, okay. So that's my carry thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots of trainings I love to do. There's some trainings Kate loves to do. And we're not the only trainers in the world. Um, but you know us. And presumably you like how we present things or else you wouldn't be listening. Um, so we're using ourselves as examples. So... <laughs> Another thing I want you to think about when you're looking at, you know, the beginning of the school year and getting ready for that is when do you offer first aid and, you know, first aid and CPR? When do you pay for it? Um, because you want your staff to be first aid and CPR trained, but you don't want to be every single month going, okay, these are the three people who expire in March. These are the three people who expire in February. This is the one person who expires in November. Like, yeah, 
that drives me crazy. Maybe it doesn't drive you guys crazy, but I just went to doing twice a year. I paid somebody to come to the center to do first aid and CPR training. All of my staff could go for free and all of the parents had to pay full price. And that way the parents could get first aid and CPR. So it was this um, wonderful way to show the parents what staff training looks like. It was a way for them to get the training that I would like them to have also. I want to keep the kids safe at home as well. And our the staff know in my programs, it was January and June. Uh, if you renewed at another time, that was fine, but you were going to pay for it. So I had people who were like, well, I'm not going to expire until February. So I don't want to take um, CPR in January. And I was like, that's fine. Then you're going to pay for it in February. Because... <laughs> I pay for it twice a year, show up or pay for it your own self. Um, Cause that was, we talk a lot about having systems. So this was my system. These are the two times of the year that we're going to have firefighters come into the school. We're going to do first aid and CPR. Um, and then I always wanted my staff to go to a certain conference and that was a fall conference. So there I've got January, I've got the fall and I've got December. So I need something in the late spring or early summer. Maybe that's when I hire somebody to come in and do training for my staff about parent communication. Ooh, that's a topic that it's great to have someone else come in and do. Um, curriculum, child development. Um, maybe that's also when you have somebody come in to teach about recognizing and reporting uh, child maltreatment. You know, they have to have that every year and it gets really boring if they do the same self-study from an online provider every year. And they're not going to be having fresh eyes and a new perspective on recognizing and reporting this horrible thing if they're always doing the same training year after year. Absolutely. So, Carrie, as we start to think it through and we're wrapping up our year, what are a couple of things that if you or where can I find out what I need to have to, to do some training? I mean... You know, we have a lot of people who um, come into early child care from other industries. We have people who were teachers and professors. How do they know what all to include and how, you know, can we use anybody to teach our staff? Like, you know, where do I find that? Well, as far as you being able to train your staff, um, I strongly suggest you take some train the trainer classes. Um, we offer those twice a year, um, but there are, again, lots of other places that offer train the trainer classes um, so that you know how to lead a workshop. Um, and then if you're hiring people, we'll talk more about that, actually. Let's talk more about that next week. Um now, I was thinking, isn't there a list or something of things I have to have? Yes. Well, Okay, so you, if you're training your own staff, you can provide a certain percentage of the training for your staff just by um, dint of you being a licensed director in your state. And again, that's going to vary from state to state. In Texas, you can provide up to 50% of it. But again, if you haven't ever led a training, 
please take a train the trainer course. <laughs> um, but if you're hiring people, um, there are a list of criteria, again, very state to state, like in Nevada, for instance, every training needs to be approved by the state before you can use it. Um, so that's fun. Um, but um, find out what the rules are here in Texas. Um, they have to be a subject matter expert and there's various different ways that that's broken down. Um, they can have a degree in the field. They can have worked in the field for a prolonged period of time. And by the field, I mean, if they're doing a child development training for your staff, they have to have worked in child development. They can't just have uh, been somebody who, you know, once saw a child on the side of the road. They have to have taken classes in it um, if they're going to present it to someone else and worked in the industry or worked in the industry for a prolonged period of time. I liked the side of the road. Um. <laughs> well, they're always there. I mean, there's just kids everywhere. They just, they're just everywhere. <laughs> oh, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. So, all right. So folks, we are back. We are so glad to be back. And as you can tell, we've got a bit of the giggles, so it should be a fun four or five weeks. We hope that you guys come back, share with your friends, uh, make sure people know that we've got some new episodes coming, and we are excited, and we hope that y'all have a wonderful new school year, and anything else? Uh, no, uh, stay cool, stay oh, cool, God. get one of those, <laughs> one of those wet towels for your neck. <laughs> um, it's very hot here. I'm sure it's very hot in lots of other places. Um, go back. We have an episode about eating, you know, preparing foods that don't require you to use an oven <laughs> um, and that keep your kids cool. Um, I don't remember what the episode number was on that, but it was, I'm going to say probably in the nineties. Um, I don't even know what episode are we on <laughs> look I don't know the answer to that and actually I'm looking on our website and the last like 10 episodes or something don't have numbers so huh we're gonna have to fix that on our website um yeah summertime snacks it was number episode 98 go back and listen to that um keep those kids cool keep yourselves cool um tempers fray this time of year let as much as possible be ignored ignore a lot of things right now <laughs> don't oh. don't pick fights don't pick fights <laughs> sounds great well thank you everybody and we will talk to you next week thank you for listening to colorful clipboards Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.